Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and every week I lead you through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond, bringing you stories of the amazing people in and around the barbecue culture. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen in. I appreciate the gift of your time, and I hope I can entertain you for a little bit. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. And now, on with this week's show. Welcome to episode number 165 of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. My August break is continuing for another week or so, and this week I'm bringing you a repeat of episode 111, which featured three friends of the program coming on to talk about their experiences on the Firemasters TV cooking show. It was great to bring these three friends from the Canadian competition barbecue scene together to share their stories from the show. Enjoy, and we'll be back after the long weekend with all new content. Have you checked out After the Cook live on YouTube every Tuesday and also in podcast form on all your favorite podcatchers? Eat More Barbecue Digital Media is pleased to be helping with production of the podcast version of the show. To find out how Eat More Barbecue Digital Media can help you with consulting, recording, voice work, or full production, email us at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. The music you're hearing in the background is one of two new original compositions by my friend Alan Horbin who has graciously provided all of the music you hear on this podcast. Check him out on YouTube. That's Alan with one L, Horobin, H-O-A-B-I-N, H-O-R-A-B-I-N. Can't spell tonight. He's a great guy and a very talented musician, and I appreciate his support of the show. This portion of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast is brought to you by Bessie Box, delivering healthy, naturally raised meat and seafood right to your door. Bessie is a small team in Alberta that delivers local food straight from the farm to you. Choose from Alberta grass-fed and finished ground beef to sustainable Atlantic salmon from BC. You can order on your schedule, whether it's a one-time order or a regular subscription to your favorite Bessie box. All conveniently flash-frozen and portioned, so you always have healthy meat and seafood ready to cook up a storm. I just ordered my first Bessie box today, and I'm excited for it to arrive tomorrow. Do yourself a favor and go to www.bessiebox.com to order yours now. Plus, APN listeners can use the promotion code APN10 to save 10% off your first order. That's code APN10. Check Enter it at checkout at bessiebox.com to save 10% on your first order. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the podcast. Uh, back on Zoom. And uh, via via Zoom, as I said, we've got two uh, former guests uh, joining us back here. Rob Reinhardt out of Regina, Brian Misko from Vernon, B.C. Uh, both of these gentlemen were contestants recently on the Food Network show Firemasters and thought we'd uh, get them all together. And John Thompson may or may not join us, uh, who was also on the show, and uh, wanted to talk about the Firemasters experience. So... Uh, fellows, actually, John just messaged me that he's coming, so we'll get him in a, in a minute. But we can get going. Uh, just reintroduce yourself to the uh, to the listeners a little bit, Brian. Maybe start with you there. Uh, sure, I am Barbecue Brian, and home for me is Vernon, British Columbia. I am the head pitmaster and owner of House of Q, where slow smoke gold or apple butter are flagship uh, products. And as Ryan knows, as he just said before we started recording, that he finally got his mitts on some of our brand new sauce, the five-star barbecue sauce, and that's our new product for the summer. But 
I've been a barbecue pit master for about 15 years, and I love chatting about barbecue. Awesome. And Rob, uh, you've been on a few times, but uh, remind everybody what's, uh, what you got going on there. Sure. My name is Rob Reinhardt. I own Prairie Smoke and Spice Barbecue out of Regina, Saskatchewan. Uh, I've been competing for about 12 years. I'm not quite the old timer that Mr. Misco is, but I've been around for a while. And uh, we do, um, you know, our, our summers mostly consist of huge festivals, catering and so on. Um, besides that, we do barbecue classes and we have a line of spice rubs and barbecue sauce. Awesome. Well, uh, John looks like he'll be joining us in a minute, but maybe we'll get uh, started here. Brian, I'm curious to know the uh, with the Firemaster show, the audition uh, selection process. How did that all uh, kind of happen? The summer of 2018 is when, uh, I'll say, news hit the streets about the show. And it was on, if, I'm not, if I recall correctly, Facebook. Uh, something social media is where it was circulating at a rapid pace, especially in the barbecue community. And uh, it was an open audition. You do a, an application online of answering a bunch of questions. Uh, let's say 20 questions. I don't remember the exact number, but nonetheless, quite a number of things that you would answer. And then there was a follow-up from there of more details, then leading to an interview. Um, and so I'm going to say by mid-August, Early August or mid-August is when people knew, the candidates knew that they were selected for the show. And all of the filming was done in September of 2018 for our for our season. Right. And that was season two that you guys were on. That's right. Yes. And John uh, John has joined us now. So we'll uh, uh, jump back. John Thompson, you've uh, been on the show before as well. But just give folks a quick uh, little reminder of who you are and everything. Sure. So my name is John Thompson. I'm from Ottawa. I'm the pitmaster of Edipedia. I'm obviously a sound engineer in my part time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm here to join my friends and uh, talk about uh, this exciting adventure we were all on. Yeah. So uh, John Bryan was just talking a little bit about the, uh, the audition and selection process. And then maybe you can jump in once you find out you're selected. What's the what happens then? Well, I think the clock started ticking almost immediately, if memory serves. We were I remember being told that I was in it and I had a very small amount of time, maybe three weeks in which to submit my 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 uh, item as well as my full ingredient list. So that means that you have three weeks to figure out what you're doing, nail that dish and get her done in 30 minutes within three weeks from go and then. And then you don't have a lot. Right. You have some time to refine it, but so so imagine, right? Like they they tell you that you want to focus on being creative, on being a little bit out of the box, on being the best you can be. But we're all barbecue guys who are used to low and slow and taking a long time, like thirty minutes. Uh, you know, back in the day, I would take thirty minutes just to go up fifty degrees in one of my cookers. Um, so for me, that was that was the big challenge, right? Was how can I come up with a dish? that shows some creativity, originality, you know, a little bit of technicality and, you know, still get that all done within 30 minutes. That, that was actually one of the questions I had and I'd wondered watching the show, that signature dish that you do at the beginning, you've already told them what that is and the rest of you guys can jump in. You've told them what that is and given them the ingredients kind of. That's exactly right. And, um, okay. you know, there's, it sounds like an easy question to ask, but 
a lot of pressure there because to present a dish that defines you as a chef or as a cook, you have to be able to back that up, right? And the other thing is you want it challenging enough that it's going to impress the judges, but simple enough that you can nail it every time. So right. it's, not like, it's not like we all just have one recipe that comes to mind that, that fits that description all the time. So it's a fun process. No, the uh, John, you're and Brian, you were telling me beforehand filming was done in Hamilton. Uh, so, John, not as much travel for you guys, uh, for you, but for the other fellows, a little bit further to go. Um, talk about what uh, recording day, I guess. What's uh, <laughs> what's the whole uh, production like? Well, I flew, uh, I, my travel day was a Saturday. Um, we, I got up at 4 or 5 in the morning. The flight was very early from Vancouver, YVR, to Toronto, and then... Um, got picked up there to be brought to Hamilton at to, directly to the hotel. So I believe if I remember, I got to the hotel at five o'clock at night in the evening and which gave me the evening open to kind of just accustomed to the time zone and just get my head straight and all that kind of stuff. So I went for a long walk, which really didn't help, but um, and it didn't help me sleep because my, my clock was all messed up. And, uh, but nonetheless, yeah. film day was the Sunday if I recall, we were on set like 7.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, fairly early in the morning. Um, still had not met my uh, people who I was competing with, nor anybody that was on set. And we arrived on set and kind of rolled from there uh, through the day. So it, you start very early and yeah. uh, it can go quite late. Yeah. So what is the day? Like how long of a day is that? I guess it depends how far in you go, but... Uh... I think there's only one person on this this, yeah. this can answer that one. <laughs> I can tell Rob, so we can all Rob, how long a day is it? We can all represent what it's like to leave at different uh, different levels of the uh, of the show. So very good planning on your part, Ryan. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've seen the show, you can tell that round three is held under lights. Yeah. So yeah, we're on set by seven a.m. and it's a long, long day. And I don't remember the exact time, but by the time round three was done. And did uh, post filming interviews. It was pushing ten, ten thirty. Yeah, so that's yeah makes for yeah. A, makes for quite a long day. And not just for the cast, but the eighty or ninety production crew that are on site all day, every right. day. It's a, it's a world class production for sure. Yeah. Now, are they recording like day after day, episode after episode? Then straight through, straight through. Yeah, yeah all yeah. twenty episodes, day after day. So I can only imagine it takes quite a few days for the set to be set up and to, to get the pantry all configured and everything else or do test yeah. shots and audio tests and blah, 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 blah. But lo and behold, yeah, it's straight through day after day. And the, uh, the little interview clips, are they doing some of those beforehand all after the fact? It was all done on the day of filming. I mean, it stays right. through the day. As soon as a okay. round is over and you're full of adrenaline, they whisk you off to the interview room. Right. Okay. So the, the interview, you're excited or... Ahead, Brian. The, the interview rooms, Ryan, so like if there was the three of us, John, Rob, and I, if we were the three competitors in that first round, we would do the competition right there, and they'd say, we'll give you a few minutes to talk with the judges, and we would go off camera. We can't hear what's going on and give the, get, the, get the result. And the three of us would immediately be ushered off to call it a sound booth 
where I can't see them. I can't hear them. You're, you, you can't hear nothing. There's padding all around you and it's got the decor and stage in the background. If you look qu- closely, you'll see all of it, but long mm-hmm. that's where you do your interviews. And I, I recall being in there for at least 45 minutes to an hour at a time as we were doing our interview. Oh, well, wow. yeah. And John, what sort of time frame in between the round one to round two? Well, it was uh, it was a long time between round one and round two, considering I got eliminated after round one. But thanks for right. uh, thanks for asking <laughs> me that very sensitive question. It's uh, pretty awesome. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it was uh, it was funny because I wasn't expecting, obviously not expecting, you know, to leave. But I mean, what yeah. what happened afterwards? Like, at least whenever I got eliminated, I said, "Wow, well, at least I can sit down and." you know, see how the rest of it goes. It's going to be friggin' great. Yeah. So I got yeah. off and they're like, uh, you know, into the sound booth and they ask you some probing questions, trying to get you to cry and, you know, trying to, you know, <laughs> trying to do that thing. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I have my thumbnail dug into my leg underneath the camera so that I don't cry. <laughs> friggin' baby. But I'll be honest, it was friggin' close. It was yeah. close because, you know, like Rob just said a little while ago, and maybe Brian said it, you know, your adrenaline is pumping. You know, you've been sure. pumped for months and months for this thing. And, you know, within like an hour and 15 minutes, like it's all over. Not only is yeah. it all over, I can't talk to anybody about it. I can't, I can't yeah. even sit down and talk to my buddy Rob about it. You know, yeah. so I had to be whisked back to the hotel. And then I just sort of like, well, well, this kind of sucks. <laughs> I couldn't tell my wife because I didn't want to tell my yeah. wife. My wife and my, my family, they didn't know anything until the episode aired. I kept wow. that secret for 19 months from them. So, wow. uh, so yeah, that was, that was kind of, there was a sense of finality to that, right? Like, mm, yeah. please get in the car and please get off the premises. <laughs> it was like, oh. So you didn't need, yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Now, uh, John and Rob, I want to know at when did you find out that you two were in the same episode? Since you knew each other, have known each other for a long time. It was mm-hmm. that night that we got there. So I got into no the kidding. hotel. Ah, oh, for God's sake! I mean, it was it was both thrilling and terrifying at the same time, right? And you yeah. know, because you know, one of you is not going to win, and you know, we're both. You know, we're both good friends and we've competed and cooked together for, you know, many, many times. So when I saw Rob, it was this this sudden thrill of, oh, God, yes, I can finally talk to somebody about this. And then, <laughs> my God, it's my buddy Rob. And, oh, shit, it's Rob. <laughs> like all I my, re- my reaction, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was awesome. Now, did you so two you- meet up at the hotel or how did you find this out? Yeah, I was at the hotel. I had just finished putting my stuff in my room, and I was just out in the in the lobby wandering. You know, maybe I'm gonna, you know, maybe I'm gonna see something. Maybe I'm gonna see a coordinator, a handler come over, give me a welcome bag, and you know, uh, some slippers. But um, no, that that didn't materialize either. But you know, it wasn't it wasn't until the next morning that the gravity of it truly, truly hit me because you know this was this was a Canadian show. It was marketed in Canada. It was. You know, from what I knew, it was just Canadians. Like I, I right. so I'm ex- we're in Hamilton, so I'm like, you know, all right, let's go and let's go do this thing and see yeah. what it's like, and maybe I'll see somebody from Hamilton, maybe I'll see somebody from Edmonton. And uh, when I got out of the elevator that morning into the lobby, the, I think the first person we saw was Connie D'Souza, and Rob recognized right. her because she's my local. instant thought was. Holy crap, I hope she's a judge. And she was. <laughs> yeah. And then he saw Dr. Barbecue. And I was like, right. oh, shit. 
that's Dr. Barbecue. I really hope he's a judge too. Right? Like, well, I knew he would be. I mean, I, I yeah. there's no way they're going to yeah. pit me up against you know that yeah. guy as, as well as Ryan Hard. Yeah. That'd just be cruel. Um, but then whenever whenever we met the other contestant, George. And he introduced himself. Oh, I'm George, and you know, I've done all this stuff, and I've spent you know a ton of time at the shed. And I was like, oh, so this yeah. is real now. Yeah. Yet. So then you start like yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know about you, Brian, but like I started doubting myself immediately. Like, Christ, have I done enough? Have I done too much? It's, <laughs> it's a it's a mind mess. You're you're stressed. Yeah. You're just a, a ah. And talk about your show, Brian. Uh, so we know, of course, John and Rob were on together. Uh, talk about who you competed with and how kind of that went. Uh, I met I met Pam the the night before in the lobby somehow. Uh, I think Mama uh, introduced us, and I know John and Rob know oh, who yeah. Mama is. Um, and I I didn't know anything about her. I didn't recognize yeah. the name or anything of that nature. And that's when yeah. I went went off for my walk right then. Um, I didn't know Phil. Uh, who was the third candidate from Arizona. He probably hadn't even right. been landed or arrived by that time. And mm-hmm. we met, I think, on uh, in the morning when we got to set. So I, I didn't know anything about them. Right, yeah. So totally uh, out of the blue. Yep. Awesome. Um, and uh, I guess go into the, the cooking process, uh, a little bit of that, guys. Rob, maybe you can jump in. Um, oh. Yeah, the cooking uh, process. Yeah, the, yeah. So um, we got on set. They had a nice breakfast for us. We did uh, the introductory videos and so on. I think we got about a four-minute tour of the pantry. Does that sound mm-hmm. about right, guys? It yep. was brief. They said, you know, they have said you have X amount of minutes. Look, make sure you find your round one ingredients. They're in here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, that was all the orientation we got for the pantry. Um, they escorted us out on site. It was, things were a little vague at this point, right? We're all we're all super excited, super nervous. We don't we weren't given an agenda for the day, so you know at one point I had to, I had to ask, step up and ask like, how long is it till we cook? Is it five minutes? Is it an hour? Like, my mind's going crazy at this point. Yeah. So they you know they were yeah. clear with us at that point. You know, roughly yeah. a half an hour from now, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll relax for a little while. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, they, they lined us up to open round one. Mm-hmm. They introduced the judges. They counted down, and we bolted. Yeah. Brian? I, I was going to say, at that point when we were filming, nobody had seen the show, Ryan. Right. 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 I get, yeah, so yeah. We, we, we had read, you know, in a memo or had a very vague conversation with through whomever in the process We'd never seen the set. We had no idea what was there. We didn't know how it's going to be judged. And we had kind of a, like a, just a framework of things. And so we were like blind, uh, essentially. Yeah. We had an idea, but we didn't have any idea. Like we, and, yeah. and I think that added to the stress and the lack of navigation. So you didn't know what the timing would be. You didn't know what was in the pantry and things and so on and so on and so forth. If you were cast in season three or four or whatever we're at, oh, man, you've got a lot – a lot of of information to be thrown at you to to help you along the way for sure yeah having being able to see it ahead of time right yeah and i I guess the biggest surprise to me was the the notion that i was going to have to run into the pantry (laughs) and do well like running for starters like come on and second of all playing hide and seek and it was at that moment that i that, that i thought 
oh shit i think i have like 15 ingredients i was kind of expecting them to all be on my table all my practice runs were like from all my not my mise en place necessarily but all my ingredients within arm's reach and uh you know i'm measuring the distance i'm trying to figure out how tight this shirt is and when's the last time i broke the sweat and uh yeah i was like go i think we had what 30 seconds or a minute to get our stuff out of no it didn't matter because the the whole clock was included in the 30 minutes minutes. yeah of course So, you know, I'm in there trying to hustle and in my head, I'm like, okay, these are your ingredients. You know, you've got fish sauce and you've got, and I like, like Brian was just saying, like, there's so many things going through your head at that time already, the adrenaline. So I ended up having to make two return trips to the pantry. I think Brian, I think on your episode, I saw you have to run back at least one time, right? Or did you get all yours in your first pass? I I would hate to count how many times I went to the pantry in the one round. (laughs) <laughs> eight ten times oh it was just christ that many a, a train wreck yeah and the uh the equipment did you get to test it out or anything with the the grills and everything ahead of time or no, no, no it was all ready for us yeah sorry brian or uh, rob go ahead um they did give us this the precise list of equipment that would be available for us all the napoleon sure. products and they told us you know ingredients yeah right? like yeah. after we did that because I had my recipe that was this, and then I realized I wasn't going to have enough time to boil water or heat the oil or do anything. So, I, like what Rob says, when they said, this is all the stuff that's ready for you, I was like, oh, God. All right. Yeah. The grills were all preheated. I think the gas right. grills were cranked up to maximum. The charcoal smoker was running at 300, and the fire pit was lit well in advance, of course. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, so everything's ready to go for you on that regard. Yeah. Just, uh not having, not being able to. And, Go ahead, Brian. And it, it's so striking how hot that wood pit is that's out front. Yeah. And, it, you know, it looks like there's three logs in there, but goodness gracious, ah. I have, uh, I'm still recuperating with less arm uh, hair in my arms and my face because of that. Dude, that thing was hot. Imagine how hot it was in round three after being lit for 12 hours. <laughs> Those bricks, like my shins were burning because the oh, bricks yeah. are radiating heat. Crazy. They were just, it was just going all day then. Yeah. Yeah. And while we're on the topic of that cooker, I do want to say (laughs) that I did not mess with Rob's cook intention. (laughs) I did not giggle whenever they told me that I messed with Rob's cook like an evil maniac (laughs) on a reality TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm like, you're so oblivious to what's going on. And I think I did six of my ingredients on fire. So the only yep. piece of fire I didn't use was that fire pit. And we didn't know until we got there that it was mandatory to use that fire pit. So like, yeah, oh. so oh, wow. two cooking stations and three cooks on this fire pit. Yeah. And I remember like I lowered that grate all the way down to the coals because I was ready to <laughs> sear my steaks. Yeah. Ran back to the station. And uh, 45 seconds later, I run back and John's got it cranked all the way up and got his food on it. Yeah. And uh, again, not intentional. No. I ran back to my station laughing. I was like, I cannot wait to see how this plays out on TV. Yeah. 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 I figured, I, I said, I can't believe he just did that to Rob. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy. <laughs> kind of, I guess, uh, your overall impression of the, of the whole experience. Uh, maybe start with Brian up there. <laughs> I loved it. I, I thought yeah. it was awesome. Um, boy, it was stressful. Uh, I, w- yeah. I won't deny that. Um, it was a huge challenge. Um, yeah. I loved that. Um, I had thoughts through the filming. 
if I had enough energy, if I had enough creativity, if it was a good day, like personally for myself, and if that was something in that regard. So you're doing a lot of self-inflection in my in, in my perspective. Um, but uh, I think an acid test question, Ryan, would be, would you do it again? And I would have to say oh, yes. I think yeah, I would love to do that. That was my next question. So yeah, you, so you would do uh, something like that again? Yep, for me. Yep. Now, I know Brian, you've done a lot of kind of TV stuff, but you'd never done any competition sort of thing, have you? Uh, yeah, TV? I have actually. So this was my oh, second yeah, okay. time on the Food Network. So oh, okay. uh, a bunch right. of years ago, my my siblings, my family, we competed on Family Cookoff, and so okay. um, <laughs> we're familiar with it. Oh, cool. Okay, so yeah, at least uh, had a little bit of that going into it for you. Yep. Uh, John, how about you? Kind of your overall uh, impressions? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would do it again in a heartbeat. And you know, yeah. part of me is still hoping that they do some sort of redemption episode for That's guys right. who are really good looking, <laughs> but still got eliminated in round one. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of holding out. I'm kind of hoping that they do something like that because you know, right. as I said in the interview, I should have done a steak. And uh, I, there's definitely some things I would change. Definitely, sure. like yeah, like yeah. a lot of it. <laughs> Okay. Rob, how about you? A hundred percent, I would do it again. You know, yeah. even if it wasn't televised, just the the whole experience, the challenge, yeah, the adrenaline, the fun. Like I've I've never done anything in my barbecue barbecue career before that was anything like this. Just such an right. amazing experience. And did you guys uh, get much chance to interact with the judges? I, I, I didn't. Yeah. No. Zero. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. No, not really. There was downtime. Um, We were served lunch through the day. I'm not sure what round you had to make it through to get lunch, but uh, um, (laughs) there was some. There was some social (laughs) time. (laughs) (laughs) They they isolated the the cast, I guess, which I would consider myself. Uh, They isolated us from the production crew. So we wouldn't hear anything or, um, you know, find out any extra information about future rounds. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, I had a chance to chat with each each of the judges for five minutes at a time through the day. Oh, cool. Ryan, uh, and John and Rob, you can picture this as I describe this. I'm sure uh, there's a, a couple of buildings that were there. It was an old lumber mill. Uh, where the filming was the set and wherever we were if we're in one area as the 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 people on camera the candidates the cooks and we were moving to another area they would as they would go through the breach of that room they would announce uh candidates coming through and everybody would be silent and they would stop working and they would wait for you to pass through and what rob just said was it's to you overheard something or you can see them working on some like an ingredient or whatever it is, all of that was hidden. And so wherever we were and however, what was going on, you had to go to the restroom. You had to be escorted. Well, to a certain degree before they would pass you off and be on your own. But lo and behold, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the protocol behind the scenes. Oh, wow. So yeah, very, uh, almost a little eerie almost. eh? Yeah. Well, it was just top notch, right? Like Rob had said earlier, yeah. the, the production quality on the show, you know, the professionalism and the friendliness of all of the staff. Uh, you know, we were fortunate enough, I guess, to go once they had filmed a few episodes. And, you know, it was by the time we were there, it was a very well oiled machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and it come, that comes through on, 
on the finished product, just the uh, the production yeah. level, right? It's uh, yeah. And, and if anybody from Chorus itself. Entertainment is listening, then the Redemption episode, <laughs> well, Redemption about. episode, yeah. very professional. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> top notch, very professional. Yeah, the set itself was phenomenal, and um, John and I had had met each other at the hotel the night before. We went and got a drink, and we actually hopped in a cab to see if we go check out this set. Right, and from the perimeter, yeah. we know it's an abandoned lumber yard, but you can't see anything from the road. Okay, and uh, there's that scene in the show where the cooks exit the stage, right, and they go behind some big wooden panels. Yeah, when we're when we're off stage in that spot, we're we're basically standing on the sidewalk. Like somebody could drive right by and you'd wave at them. Okay. But that wall, that fake wall there, prevents anybody from seeing into the set. And it really is an abandoned lumberyard. Three old right. warehouses, this massive yeah. duct overhead. They may have done a little touch-up paint, but I don't think they had to do very much. It was a it was a rustic scene to begin with. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it fits the show, right? Well, guys, uh, any uh, any last comments about the the Firemasters experience before we wrap it up? I got one. I got mm-hmm. one, and I never asked this before uh, to anybody that came in in relationship to the show. But uh, and John, I want to hear your comments first, and then Rob second. But what the hell would you do with an ostrich egg? <laughs> I thought about that ostrich egg. I would I like. I mean, what do you do that's creative with an egg? You know, mm-hmm. there's it's it's either an omelet or it's French toast or I think ultimately I probably would have used part of the egg to do some breading of something. So I would have used it to to dip something into, roll something up, maybe pan fry something, and then do some vegetables over fire and, and hope for the best. But I, I would have got killed because you're using the very smallest essence of that ingredient. You're just technically yeah. using it. Like it was mm-hmm. that's a real crapshoot, man. And I Brian I, yeah, go ahead. Brian, were you given one egg or several? Uh, as many as I wanted, but one <laughs> ostrich one ostrich egg is twenty four chicken eggs. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I don't know. watching you flip that French toast, man. Uh, it's just like please, please, please. Yeah. Oh, that was hard. I think you nailed I think you nailed the dish, Brian. Yep. I, yep. I don't know what I would have done that would have been more creative with that with that ostrich egg. No. Now, have you talked to anybody else? Has anybody else given you any kind of ideas of what they would do? Uh, quiche. Quiche was another one that would have come up. Yeah. So a lot of grilled vegetables. Or oh, you had an hour, right? You but then it's time. a question if you got, you know, if you can get it cooked through in 30 minutes, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you know, you need to make a pie crust of some sort. I don't think that they had frozen pie crust available for us. So unless you're doing, yeah. oh, you know. Go the, go frittata route and do yeah. the crustless quiche. Yeah. 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 Oh wow. So, yeah. Some of the some tricky ingredients. I would have fallen yeah. apart in the second round, anyways. I'm convinced of it. Not not because you know <clears throat> for any other reason, but I don't watch a lot of Food Network. I don't watch a lot of food competition. So I I'm not an avid follower of Master Chef or any of those shows where you know things like running to the pantry is 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 a given. Um, you know the ability to quickly come up with a side dish that you know is easily executable with the ingredients you have there. I'm sorry. You would have to have, in my opinion, either a professional chef. Or you're somebody who's watched that show or shows like that and done a fair amount of research. Yeah. And I was I was ill prepared for sure. So had we got to the second round, I would have I would have plotted and that would have been it. <laughs> so yeah. maybe it was maybe it was a small blessing that I didn't get a chance to humiliate myself. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's become more clear to me through this second season that they pair cooks with similar skill levels. 
Mm-hmm. You know, okay. the, the three of us that are on the podcast right now, we're all barbecue dudes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we've been doing it for a long time. We're really, we're really good at the four barbecue meats. We're really good at low, slow. But none of us have professional formal training or right. 20 years of experience in a professional kitchen to draw from. We're not, mm-hmm. they, they call us chefs on the show. I would never use that term to describe myself. Right. Like, no, I'm, I'm a, I'm a damn good barbecue cook, but I'm no chef. So, damn right. yeah. you know, I, I, the comparison I use is a chef from my hometown here, Regina, Milton Ribello. He's cooked right. all he over the world. Him. He's got 30 years of experience. He's creative. He's won awards in professional cooking before, but he's not really a live fire guy. And, you know, mm-hmm. me against him. I don't know if that would have made a good episode because we're, we're just so, so far apart when it comes to cooking style. Right. So, you know, there's, there's shows that feature barbecue guys or, or women and there's shows that feature yep. chefs and they're both interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously some thought on their end going into the, uh, the, the team, uh, the pairings. Eh? I think so. I mean, I know that I had named Rob as one of my inspirations in barbecue and, uh, you know, I think that may be one of the reasons why they pitted us against Aww, each other. That's sweet. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for uh, taking some time out of your uh, your evenings for doing this. Really appreciate it. Uh, it was actually my wife had the idea of uh, when I was telling her that, you know, I knew these guys that were on there. Uh, she thought, well, that would make a good podcast. So uh, thanks for doing it. I appreciate it. And, sure. Uh, I, it was great. Before we sign off, I just do want to shout yeah. out to some of the other Canadians who have been on there and done tremendously sure. well, yep. right? Like our good friend... Uh, Rusty out in BC who won his yep. episode and then our friend Sean Vaden out of Toronto who went on there and kicked some butt and, yep. Uh, yep. our friend Simone DeLast who went in and cooked his heart out as well I don't know if there's I anybody I've got that one on PBR so yeah you know I, I have yet to watch it as well I just yep. time yep. got away from me but uh, yep. that's definitely one of the ones I want to watch it's funny watching it I, I get right into it hey? like I get really excited yep. and you know, it, it was funny because before my episode air, I, I wasn't really able to watch the show because I still had a lot of, uh, you know, unresolved emotions about my experience there. So it was really difficult for me to watch it. It was very difficult for me to promote the show, you know, feeling that I was going to be humiliated for being a first round knockout. But, you know, I'm very glad that they, they showed us very well. I didn't look like, yes. a, like a clown. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad for that, you know, reality TV, yeah. that kind of thing was always my worry. And I remember even Rob and I talking about the application process early on, he's like, you going to do this. And I said, no, there's no goddamn way that I'm going to go on a reality show and have them turn me into the super villain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I just yeah, have that yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> it is a, it is a, it was a well edited show. There was a lot of mistakes that were left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Thank God. But there was no trash talking at least. At least yeah. in the interviews that that hit the airwaves and so on, so every every cook was portrayed in a very positive light. I thought, yeah, yeah. Brian. Brian, you had some trash talking. <laughs> I, was, I was I was a whole bunch, and I thought if it, the name of my episode was all up in your grill, and all through the episode for the well for the first two rounds that I was on the, on the show, I was trash talking Phil. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, and I would be yelling from the pantry, saying, hey, Phil, what goes with jalapenos? Bacon? You got any bacon for me? Right? And then I'd be at the live fire, and he was cooking his bacon in the first round. I said, Phil, your bacon's done. You want me to turn it over? Right? I thought all of that was going to be in the show, and it wasn't. It hit the floor. (laughs) I remember they were trying to probe me for one. So at one point, I had 
you know, we're, we're, we're cooks. We we're competitive cooks. You never cook just as much as you need, right? If you need six things, sure. you cook 10 or 12 things just to make sure that you right. have some never get. So at one point in time, like I, I did drop some food, right? But I'm, you know, I'm not crazy careful about it. So if I have four slabs of watermelon coming off the grill, you know, I, I only really need one, but I'm, I'm sure going to still be careful. So my first one, I, I put the spatula underneath and I lifted up and I turned around and it went flying off. <laughs> and it, hit the, it hit the ground and went skidding. And I went, oh. And then uh, I, I heard the judges sort of say, oh, 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 he dropped some food. Oh, he dropped the food. And then, uh, and then during the interview, they were like, so you dropped some food. What's going through your head? What happened to your cook when you dropped your food? And that's what I cut out the drama by saying, uh, you know, I needed four, so I cooked eight. I cooked double what I needed. Yeah. That's what I do every time. I could have lost half the stuff I was cooking, and I still yeah. wasn't successful. Yeah. So I kind of took the drama out of it. But. Yeah, took, made up and yeah, bore up, dulled yeah, it down. Yeah, sorry. I should have. I guess I should have <laughs> talked about my mom and her inspiration to me on a dock somewhere and got some tears. Yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome, guys. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your summers and uh, hope to uh, catch up with you all soon. Right on. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Ryan. Time. Okay. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Take guys. Care. Take care now. Good to see you, boys. You're listening to Canada's longest-running barbecue podcast, and it's time now to take a quick look at the Canadian Barbecue Society events calendar. Brought to you by Rumi. With warmer weather comes yard work, and lots of it. Prune your trees and shrubs, clean your eavesdrops, replace those drafty windows you noticed over the winter. Or you can call Rumi to take care of all your outdoor and indoor spring home maintenance while you fire up the barbecue and relax. Visit Rumi.ca, that's R-U-M-I dot C-A, or call 1-844-777-7864 and let Rumi's trusted local experts take care of your yard. So all you have to do is enjoy it. Coming up on the Labor Day long weekend is the doubleheader competition here in Didsbury, Alberta. Friday and Saturday is the Didsbury Lions competition, and then Saturday, Sunday is the 30th annual Barbecue on the Bow event. Keep an eye on the Canadian Barbecue Society website at www.cbbqs.ca regularly for updates on any new events. The Eat More Barbecue Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I have been mentioning a lot of the newer shows on the network lately and thought maybe it was time to remind you about one of the podcasts that have been a part of the network for a while now. On Putting It Together, host Kyle Marshall and guests take a deep dive into a different Stephen Sondheim song on each episode. Visit www.albertapodcastnetwork.com for links to Putting It Together and all the other great shows on the network. That's a wrap, everybody. See you all next week. Hey, friends. Thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. You can find me online at eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at albertabbqtrail.ca. Check out the listing of joints on the Barbecue Trail site and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out and show your local barbecue joints some love. Give me a follow on Twitter at EatMoreBarbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at Eat underscore More underscore Barbecue. If you have any questions or guest suggestions, my email is EatMoreBarbecue at gmail.com. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and is a production of Eat More Barbecue Digital Media. Till next time, folks, keep on smoking.